What is this, Lady Ada? Hey, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. It's me, Lady Ada, with Mr. Lady Ada. We're back. Uh, thank you to Noah and Pedro and JP for covering Show and Tell. It's good to have some other hosts once in a while, but That's now right. you're stuck with us. So let's check in with you people. You can't miss us unless we're not here. That's true. Uh, it's like the other side of the coin. Uh, so we're going to check in with some people from the community, see what they're making, hacking, 3D printing, and soldering. First up, it's Sean. Hello, everyone. Uh, Sean is um, here um, showing some stuff with uh, things that you do at DigiKey, because we always uh, have DigiKey on. So but special thanks to DigiKey, by the way. Yeah. Yep. We'll and uh, greetings from rainy New Orleans. It has been storming for the past few days. So one of the things I've been working on is I feel like I'm a little behind. I feel like I'm about a month or two behind because I'm starting to play with the Picos. Yay! And the RP2040 is super cool. I've tinkered with the PIO. And the thing that I've been working on, like it's been taking a week, is to build the whole build system on Windows and also get step through debugging working on VS Code. That's been a lot of fun. Um, taking up like a week of my time because trying to get it working on Windows. It, it just works in Linux and Debian and R Raspbian, and it's just like awful in Windows. So yeah, you're doing CMake now. You're running CMake. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and C CMake is great. I love it. It's just like really, you're the one. Okay. Like, okay, it it works. So I yeah, it works well for what it does. Sometimes I don't see the purpose, if that makes sense. And That's I'm sure somebody will get on and be like, "Well, it's a build system to build the build systems." So I'm like, but really? Okay. All right. Love Sean. Love CMake. All right, <laughs> Let's not dump on things. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so what are you building with these Picos? So C C yeah CMake CMake is good, and I, I'm just doing Blinky for now. But I've got a target over here, and I've got a um, I've got a, a programmer that this is running Pico Probe, and I'm gonna share my screen. Uh, share screen. Do 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 do. Oh, I can only, oh, I can do individual applications. All right. So I've got VS Code going on over here. And I finally installed all the extensions. And what I've learned is that, so you've got your debugger. That's running a firmware called Pico Probe. That's talking to OpenOCD, which is a server running on my computer. That's talking to GDB, which is the debugger. And that's talking to VS Code, which allows me to get this a pretty gooey step-by-step thing that uh, allows me to do something like this. So down here, I can click on uh, CMake. CMake should actually allow me to do the CMake part where it builds the make files. Um, once you get it all set it up, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. And then I go to my debugger, click on debug, and that's going to build and send everything over to my target, which is over here. Once that's done, it starts to load OpenOCD, GDB, all that goodness, and it gets me here. So I have full step through debugging now where I can click through and it goes through each. I can even step into things if I want to see functions on the back end, step out of things. And then we get all the way through here. It prints something to the console, which I'll skip right now, and it blinks. Yay! Yay! As I step through the line. And so as, as silly as blink seems, it took me like a week to set this up in Windows but kudos to Raspberry Pi for their excellent documentation to help me get here. All right. Well, congratulations. Uh, you did the thing so that nobody else has to. For everybody else, uh, get a J-Link, okay? Just <laughs> 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 it's 20 bucks. Just 
but 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 four bucks it's four bucks and like you know only a week of your time you can't, put a, pri- you can't put a price on the experience you have i know, you know well, <laughs> congratulations, John. do write up how you did it i mean i i do like the vs code integration so i'll, I'll give you the credit for that that's yeah. that pretty sweet I, I do like this the stepping in so where will this be in the digikey world or in the online world for folks to check out I will be making sure it's available on maker.io as well as there will be a video showing this off and how it's working probably in like the next month um, when I put everything together and make sure it's all written up in a nice yeah. format. Right on. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks so much, John. Keep thanks, coming along. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Next up, Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Hello. What's going so on? I have a Looks thing like here. Home. This is a fun house here. And I have it running a little application that I wrote. And right now I have it interfacing with Home Assistant. So I can do stuff like pushing this button here and it'll actually turn off my room lights. What? It worked. That's fast. That's cool. Yeah. And I can do stuff like I can, I have the uh, dot stars emulating an RGB bulb. So I can say something like Alexa set dots or Alexa set fun star lights to purple. Did you mean fun house light? Yes. There you go. That yeah. worked too. That worked. <laughs> so, and then it also shows you the temperature, humidity, and the pressure that it's reading off the sensor on here. All right, good work. That, that's a really great job you did integrating with Home Assistant. I'm glad. Uh, and that's in CircuitPython, so it's easy to mod, and you get access to all the sensors. And then, yeah, people can 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 tweak it more uh, if they want to have the buttons do different things around their house or have the screen or LEDs light up based on other events in their house if they're using Home Assistant, right? And there's a, yeah, there's a slider here they can use or the touch pads as well. Okay, and cool. the PIR sensor. All right, sweet. Well, that, I know you're working on a guide. We're gonna get that published. And so people at the Fun House can then use it with Home Assistant as their little hardware friend. And for folks who haven't jumped into Home Assistant stuff or folks who have, keep in mind when you build your own stuff, you write the code or you can inspect the code, you know what's going on in your home. And I think that's gonna be one of the things, if you care about privacy online, you should also think about like, what things can you um, look at and inspect that you're putting into your home? This is one of them. So check it out. All the codes available, all the projects, you can do all that stuff. This will be handy for us. We could have, you know, like a, a near the a one we're leaving the house, you can like just use one button to turn off all the right. lights or turn on all the lights, like all of them in the house. We used to have a little clicky thing, but it stopped working yeah. for, for the heat lights. So this might be mm. a good, Alternative. All right. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Melissa. And yeah, you're welcome. All right. I had heard. Um, I'm gonna. I saw this article zoom by, and I want to see what if it's true or not because it might just be like outrage. Click. Mm. Is there was a company that had a thermometer, IoT thermometer that works with Alexa. Yeah. And Amazon said, "Hey, like we want all the user data because you know we we want that as part of part of this Alexa ecosystem you're in." And they're like, no, we don't want to do that. And they said, okay, fine, you can't sell it on Amazon anymore. And everyone's out- outraged because they're like, oh my gosh, like Amazon could stop that? Like, yes, because they're the store and they make something like Alexa. I don't know if this is true. That's why it's it sounds clicky to me, but I'm going to check it out because that would be another good reason to consider how what other devices even you, even just, you add. You could use a Funhouse. Yeah, but yourself. you could. But if you add another device as part yeah. of this stuff, maybe you don't want to use another thing that's capturing data unless you know about it. Yeah. You know about it. Anyways. No, Pedro. Control your data. What's right. going on? No, Pedro. What's going hey, on? Hey, what's hey. up, folks? Let's do a hey. square screen so we can look at this one. So y'all remember this one? We did this one uh, last year. It's a little eight by eight. 
And I just wanted to look at it, just be like, all right, this is what we did last year. So this year we went from eight by eight and we scale it up to 32 by 32. More pixels. More pixels. These are not new pixels, but they're RGB and it's using uh, the, the new RP2040 Feather, which is back here. And it's on a doubler with the RGB matrix feathering. So the RGB matrix feathering works with the M4, the M0, and now the RP2040. Uh, I got a PR um, uh, in the works. Uh, so it uses the matrix portal library for CircuitPython. So you can do things like animate some sprite sheets, which these are. These are bitmap sprite sheets, and they're just animating and cycling through. Yeah, so yeah. We, got, we got black LED acrylic. That's the magic here that makes the, the diffusion look so good on these LEDs. And a 3D printed grid, which squares it up to make it look like little squares. Also got some feet here in the bottom so that it doesn't tip over. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's this week's project, and we'll hopefully have the learn guide out a little bit later this week. I love it; it's adorable. Cool. We got a couple of reviews we'll be showing tonight on Ask an Engineer. All right, thanks, folks. Hi, thank you. All right, next up, Jepler. I heard you love CMIC also. I mean, it's not my favorite because I'm not good at it, but we were talking about not dumping on stuff just because it's not what you're most familiar with, so. Sorry, I, 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 I thought it might be worse. You, you acknowledge that CMake is loved by some. <laughs> I, I think it gets stuff done. Uh, anyway, I needed a, an easy project. Um, so I had the, I'll have to read it off because I haven't learned the name, the Neo Key Feather Wing 2 with the two keys. And I'm like, what can we do with this? And so I came up with the idea of a demake of, um, <laughs> it's a game, a whack-a-mole. So the light is the mole popping up, and then you have to hit the correct button oh, okay. before it disappears, and then you get red or green. And this is hard to play in the mirror, even though I practice. Yeah, you're doing pretty <laughs> that, good. That's how the advanced level. But yeah, so it's just, uh, this is actually a Feather M0 because it's what I had and a little battery and the Trinky with uh, some of the linear switches, the black ones, they pop on and off. It was really easy to put together. Uh, a little soldering, a little Python code, um, all good stuff. This could be training for like video game people. It's like fast keys. Yeah. So, I mean, you could embellish the code with a lot of things. You can make it speed up because it goes pr at a pretty leisurely pace. Um, the other idea I had was half Simon. So like, you know, good old Simon uh, game with the four buttons. Why not make one with two? It'll be easier, right? Yeah. Or tougher because uh, there's more to memorize. I don't know. Yeah. You might be able to get more, uh, more codes or, or whatever. All right. Well, thanks for coming by, showing off uh, your your Neo key. I think we're we're gonna do some CMake stuff soon. So <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's just plenty of fun things waiting to be done in this package. And so if you have a game D make idea, spend you know an hour or two and see what you can come up with. Who doesn't love clickies? All right. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Jepler. Thank you. Good night. Next, right, up, next up, GP. GP. Welcome back. Hey. Thank you. Uh, so let me share a screen real quick. I didn't want to. Uh, do this before and accidentally share on top of something else. Let me bring up a window. All right. Uh, so this is a fun house and I am getting ready to do uh, a little bit of a sort of a home automation thing, but it's, it's going to be a little simpler than what Melissa was showing. Uh, this is going to be a real sort of basic thing that people want to do with this type of device, I think which is I have the PIR sensor loaded there uh, into the front of the board. And if I wave my hand in front of it, you can see it's just changing the NeoPixels to red and then it'll pop back to green. Um, so I'm gonna use this as the trigger for some Wi-Fi light bulbs. 
Uh, we have both the Philips Hue and we have the uh, Lifix, L-I-F-X brand bulbs, which are straight Wi-Fi bulbs. They don't use a hub or anything. You can talk straight Wi-Fi to them. And we have a library. I haven't touched it, uh, but Brent tells me that it probably should be working now. And, and I, I, I trust Brent, so I think we'll get it working. Uh, and I'm going to use this to create a uh, triggered lighting situation where you can maybe just change the color when someone walks into the room or turn the bulb on or off, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so this is going to be something I'll be working on tonight and therefore hopefully have ready for uh, the workshop show tomorrow. And then I'll be doing a learn guide on this pretty soon. All right. Thank All right. you, JP. Thank you, JP. And we'll be showing a couple of your videos tonight on Ask an Engineer. Very fun. Thanks, all. All right. All right. We know JP's not a zombie. All right. Scott, what you got going on? Hello. Um, sorry, I'm distracted. I have a cat on my lap. Hmm. Um, I We rearranged in here so he can get up on my lap now without me having to pick him up. So now, he's, now the new cat home. He's very happy. Um, so what I've got is I was doing some GitHub stuff. Lamore, you kind of asked me about this where folks are uh, have some trouble sometimes with CircuitPython libraries because we have all these automated tests and uh, they don't always pass. So um, you asked me to take a look and see if we could automatically link them to the guide. So what I have here is I've actually have two different um, two different GitHub actions that I've created. Uh, these are things that you can actually use in the workflows that automatically trigger. Um, so they're defined in one place and shared across. So the first one is what I was talking about, where uh, this is like GitHub Inception because it's a GitHub page with a screenshot of GitHub. <laughs> um, but here is a, my sample my sample PR, and you can see that there's these eyeballs here, and then there's a, a GitHub Actions bot post that says, hey, thanks for the pull request. Here, uh, take a look at these places for tips, and if you have questions, join the Discord. Um, so that's the first of the two bots, and the eyes are actually done by the bot as well. Uh, the bot uses the eyes to actually just to know whether it already posted or not. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a neat hack um, because I could download all the comments and like compare them to see if the, it's one from myself. Uh, but if you give a if you set a reaction, it will either tell you whether it was created or it already existed. Um, so it's super easy. You just create the reaction and it tells you whether it already existed or not and go based on that. Uh, so that was really handy. And then uh, as I was digging into all of the stuff that actions can do, I also discovered a thing called a problem matcher which is uh, a very kind of like weird esoteric thing. But what it does is it, it allows you to run a regular expression across all your log output. Um, and it will highlight any of the lines that match and potentially pull information out of them as well. So what it means here is in the summary of the GitFlow, GitHub workflow run, now you can see like more details about what failed, um, which of the pre-commits failed, and then hopefully more information. Uh, and then you can also look in the logs and it highlights the, the lines more obviously. Uh, one thing you had said is like, oh, it says failed, but like, it's just a normal color. It's harder to see. Well, the, it's because uh, it has a, a happy cake and it's like all done. And it's like, it looks yep. like it succeeded, but actually happy cake means it failed. <laughs> right. So this reformatter or for the, the problem matcher is finding any line that says reformatted and it actually pulls the file name as well. So the last thing is, is if you look at the file on your like files view of your pull request, it actually will have annotations here that says like, oh, this file was re, re was reformatted. Um, and so that'll tell you in the same place that you would do like your normal pull pull request review stuff. 
Um, and if it has a line number, like uh, the pilot stuff will have, uh, it will actually put it on the appropriate line as well. Um, so hopefully people will start seeing that as Dylan helps roll it out and uh, hopefully it'll be helpful for folks. All right, thank All right. you, Scott. Thank you so much. And uh, if everyone wants to see what it's like to do something like CircuitPython with hundreds of boards, hundreds of libraries, multiple languages, not just programming languages, but like languages for each firmware. Um, mm -hmm. Look at all these tools that we're doing with GitHub and GitHub Actions behind the scenes, because that's really what's allowing a lot of this to happen. So yep. check out Friday on Deep Dive with Scott. Yeah. All right. Thank you, all right. Scott. Thank all you. Right. Next up, we got about 12 minutes, and we got about five people, about two-ish minutes each, which is exactly the time budget we do anyways. So let's see how it goes. Let's start with Robotics Collab. Hello, Robotics Collab. You have a robot. Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Dan O'Mara. I'm from uh, Robotics Collab at Circuit Launch, and I've got a little robot here. This is uh, a, a robot that we built in 12 weeks during our session, and uh, it's an open source robot um, from Polon Robotics, and uh, we were the first uh, group to be able to actually build it in FDM and make it. So I'm just going to jump into a quick uh, a quick demo of recording a little wave for you and say hi, everybody. Okay. And then... Okay, We're going to go ahead. ahead, and I'm going to sit back so he doesn't whack me in the face. Yeah, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I really you know? like the recording the uh, features that you could do with robotics where you do the movement and then you play it back. Does it want to uh, do it? Uh, da, da, uh, 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 oh, compliant. All right, there you go. Okay. And hello. Hi. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. That's robot friend. Robot friend. Yeah, so he does all sorts of things from computer vision to, uh, um, you know, different emotes and just about everything. He's a great learning platform. And so we, uh, you know, we run a 12 week program here to learn all about robotics. And so Richie's one of our, our fun little uh, toys that, that our students get to play with. That's a great bot. Post up in um, whatever video chat that you can post in the link for more information if uh, for folks can find out about this. You can put it in Discord or YouTube or whatever. And okay. um, if you want to, uh, next time you know, just email PT at Adafruit.com. We'll do a blog post. Awesome. Um, so about the program. And congratulations for building. There's a lot of open source robotics. Like there's open source like dog and there's cat. Yep. But actually building it and then using it is the other thing. So yeah, <laughs> and then turning it into a class. So indeed. Cool. Well, thanks so much. Mission Thank achieved. You. Good work. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Stuart. Hello, hey, Stuart. Can hey, you hear Stuart. me? Can you yeah. Hear me? What you got going on? Oh, okay. I'll go quick. It's a lot. You got two minutes. Okay. I saw I saw someone from Nuts and Bolts build this out of a toaster oven. It's a UV chamber. It has yeah. uh, two UVs at uh, wavelength of two, 254.7. So it comes, the UV bulbs come with this. It's a timer. But I got rid of that, and I, I added my own... Um, my own uh, electronics to it so I can customize it. I don't know if you can see that, but yeah. I, I have the uh, rotary here. There's a speaker here. There's a bunch of uh, 3D printed uh, material. But here is where I program and I code because UVC, it's a UVC bulb, so it's kind of dangerous. And I'll yeah. put the code here. And it comes up with proceed. And then I have I have actually two options, which is one is timed. I time for 25 minutes, and the other is power. So once I turn it on, oops. Okay, here we go. That's my uh, rotary switch acting up. But uh, 
Doesn't look like it's. Oh, you know why? I'm it's sorry. What, what's it for? Uh, you can put your phone and keys and things like that oh, inside. The the okay, okay. All the bugs. Okay, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me try it again. Uh, put the code in. So for well, the code. The, alarm's pretty, the door alarm is pretty effective. You just can't use it yet. <laughs> okay, so here it is. So once it starts up, I don't know if you can see the display here. Yeah. Yeah. UV sanitize. So it has a voice Use on extreme it. caution. UV sanitizing system ready. Okay, so so you can go you can go in and punch in the time that you want. So let's say for instance, I punch in my time. You yeah. Get Alert. UV radiation executing in ten seconds. So it gives you ten seconds of delay. So yeah. once ten seconds kick in, and then it it um it will start the UV. Now inside I have the acrylic here that shows the UV kicking on. Oh, wow. Here I have the UV power indicator, the UV sensor, because I have your sensor inside the chamber, yeah. and the door alarm. If the door opens, alert, door is open. It cuts the UV. Cool. Pulls it back, and it goes back if there's any time left on there. So the time feature is the same thing, but it automatically shuts off within the, after the 25 minutes is uh, breached. Yeah. So, All right, great work. Outstanding. You made like a, a, a commercial level device with uh, a lot. I see a lot <laughs> of Adafruit there. Awesome. Well, I used, I used uh, the UV sensor. I have the Hall effect sensor at the door, and I use two microprocessors one for the timer, and of course, one for all the other functions, and of course, some uh, bunch of your other stuff. All right. Excellent work, Stuart. That's great engineering. I love all the safety features. Uh, Thank you. All right. Stay safe, Stuart. All right. Next up, we're going to go to Michael. Hey, Michael. How's it hey, going? Michael. Hi. How are you guys? Hello. Hi. So I finally finished the hardware for version one of my satellite phone messenger thing. All right. I'm, I'm going to switch my camera here so you guys can see it yeah. a little bit better. Um, this has taken me forever to make. And I am planning on making a version two that will be completely like open source and all that. And I want to be using like easier components so that's what version two will be but yeah version one it's uh software wise not complete but hardware wise it is um the user interface i actually designed in photoshop and then uh exported them as pngs and then converted that to a bitmap bitmap image um so that's how this entire user interface is operating uh and if i were outside um i would be able to uh I'm gonna turn that off and on again. Uh, I would actually be able to like text the pre-programmed number I have in there. Uh, and this thing is very interesting. So it uses the uh, rock, uh, rock block uh, 9603 modem, um, which is quite fascinating because it uses short burst data, uh, meaning basically it has to charge up these two big capacitors inside there. Um, and if it's able to find a satellite like it will attempt to send it, which is really interesting. Uh, and then server side, it's super complicated. I have it like connected to um, a thing called like Zapier, which then connects to Twilio. Which yeah, I use that. It's it's crazy. Now, because, we'll keep at it, and when you do the version two, come back because it, yeah. it takes time. But you'll you'll you're learning a lot. You only learn when things don't work out. You don't learn when things do work out. So yeah, and a good process for you. Yeah, and currently I'm using this keyboard, but I did find this keyboard, uh, which is made by Solar Party, which I know you guys carry the yeah. other thing that they have. 
Um, so this thing is incredible and it's not that costly at all. Um, and I've never actually used one of these keyboards before. So it's, it's okay, we'll use it and come by next time and tell us how it went. Yeah. yeah. All right, thank you, Michael. Good work, satellite phone. Okay, okay. Next up. we got two minutes per person. Next up, Sai. Hi, so I a couple of weeks ago, I uh, showed this um, Pico cellular board. Um, I fixed the problems in the design and you guys gave me a great idea. You coined the project Pico phone. So I went on Amazon, got a, a landline phone for $40. And yeah. what I did was um, I threw, uh, you know, I threw one of these boards inside and I attached a, a, keyboard, uh, a keypad. And what this does is that if you dial a number on this, it would text you a joke. Um, I got it working. Um, so what I did was I used a combination of um, Twilio uh, and um, a jokes API um, to, you know, uh, text a, a, a joke. And when we ever, you know, if we ever return to a normal world, I plan to take this to a maker fair. Oh, great. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You can all use more jokes. Good. Yeah. Two, two projects in a row using some of these uh, web tools to glue stuff. Once you have like an API, like the jokes thing might be like a JSON format, and then you can use Twilio, then you can move this thing over here, over here, over here. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Right, Pico phone. PicoPhone. Good work. Ding, ding. Thank um, you. If you post it anywhere, let me know. Um, you can email me, PT Datafruit, and we'll um, we'll, we'll blog it up and all that. Um, it's on Hackster, and they actually featured it on their landing page. Oh, cool. I'll send okay, you great. the link. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, Thank thanks, bye. All right, we're going to go to Rick and then to Mark. Rick, keep hey, it to a minute or so and uh, take it away. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to show you real quick uh, my first little project I managed to get on GitHub. It's uh, it started out as a, a um, Adafruit uh, 328p feather, mm -hmm. and I just put everything on it. And I was just going to stick it on top, but I got one of Noah Pedro's uh, files and printed a box for it. Yay! And this is the this is a dog feed alert is what it is, and sees blinks. Well, when you feed the dog. It comes out. It comes out of sleep. It blinks green, and then you close it up, and now it sleeps for seven hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know if the dog hasn't been fed, because around okay. here with four people, we don't feed the dog all the time. And yeah. also, the dog will lie. The, the dog will always say it hasn't been fed. Oh, yeah. uh, Colin made a cat feeder one too. There's a, a cat reminder. Their cats do the same thing. They lie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my cat just gets fed whatever she asks. So that's, yeah, that's our cat. Right. We have one all cat, right. one dog. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, work. I got it up on GitHub. I, I don't, I'm not sure where to post it, but um, you could just email it to ptdatafruit.com, and I'll uh, get all these uh, in the blog. I'll probably have Noam Pedro blog it up since he used. Yeah, I'll come up way. again. I've got a, a project where I control my uh, duct system in my air conditioner here. I used to be in that business in Florida before I moved back here and retired. So, but oh. it's I, I'm not an engineer, but I'm an electronics hobbyist, and I've always been into electronics as well. These single-serving IoT things are it, one of the reasons we do what we do, because all you wanted to do is one thing. All you want to do is, like, did I feed the dog or not? And you can't really buy that off the shelf. You actually have to oh. know that there's a problem for AC ducts or for leaks. So our big AC systems that we have at Adafruit, they use, like, a proprietary thing. If there's a leak, it'll beep. But we have our own stuff, which, if it leaks, it texts us. And that's what you right. want it to do. Well, I so. put mine in because the, the duct system in this house, there's, there's three zones, but two of them are tied together, and one of them is down here in my room. Yeah. So now I can control that duct to come on only when I want it to, so it doesn't yeah. get too cold or too hot down here. 
as right. well as detects what the system's doing. But I'll, I'll tell you about that next time. I show. Yeah, come, right, on, come, right, come, come on by. And um, these are the type of projects we like to see because people, they they know of a problem they want to solve. They just don't know these things. And so that's where we. Exactly. And I, I've solved a lot of those problems already. All okay, right, Rick. Rick, problem solver. Take care. Right, thank Thanks, Rick. Rick. All, All right, Mark, Mark place out. Place out. Sounds good. Uh, of course, the camera turned off. There we go. Uh, so it's a work in progress. It is said to make another circuit board. And this one, I've got one together, but if I take the feather off, it's probably not getting back on because the headers aren't quite aligned. And I also learned a valuable lesson about uh, checking your footprints before you go to fab. But I wanted to show it this week um, because it's been just about a year since I made my first appearance in show and tell. And I was right at the start of the pandemic. And I remember it was right around the time that when I started watching, you guys would always send stickers out and you stopped and that's fine and i totally understand why but suddenly i thought wait a second we're makers i can solve this problem so i've made my first feather wing sticker now <laughs> yeah i'll send you a sticker for the sticker thing <laughs> so yeah i this is the first board that actually does stuff and it's the first one i made lots of mistakes on so i'm still waiting for the second and even third revision to come out it's a light sensor in the middle you cover okay. that okay. stops but and the footprint that's wrong in the middle is actually a motion sensor which it'll be by far the smallest part i've ever tried to attach but uh hopefully when i get the new uh boards and get them all done up i'll show up again and first up thank you for participating over the last year i know we all needed it and uh Thanks for showing your projects in progress, and then for a great one-year anniversary and as seen on Show and Tell circuit board. So thank you so much. Yeah, you guys are welcome. This came out way better than I thought. Oh, and if great. you guys want a copy of it when I get the final one, I'll send you guys one as well. Yeah, I'll trade you a sticker for it or something. <laughs> Sounds right, great. Thanks, everybody. All right, thanks. Have Mark. a great night. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for participating in Show and Tell this week. Come by every single week, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's usually myself and Lady Ada. But then some weeks, Noah Pedro, some weeks, it's JP. Who knows? Um, we've been doing show and tell for about 15 years, maybe. It's probably like 12, 11, 13. This is a long time. The longest running only show and tell that I know of. That's right. On on um, yeah, on video. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. And in a couple of minutes is Ask an Engineer. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.